and take care of some personal matters and some family matters to take care of there at least this semester. Uh, Y'all pray for me that whatever needs to be taken care of can be dealt with and done and uh, doesn't interfere with schoolwork and other things along the way. Uh, I thank uh, Gentilly. For the past uh, year, y'all have been a place of uh, refuge, uh, refreshing, and even healing in uh, many ways. And uh, it's a special church. And if you are a first time visiting here or have just been uh, visiting for the past couple of weeks, I encourage you, uh, God is in this place. And uh, that's the most important thing you can say about any church. Here's a church that worships God. Here's a church that loves their community. Here's a church where God is present and moving and stirring. So uh, I thank you for the opportunity to be a part of y'all this past year. As I said the last time I preached, our one purpose this morning is that the name of Jesus be lifted high. And the reason why we want the name of Jesus to be lifted high is because Jesus said in John that if the Son of Man be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. And so the question I want to ask this morning is, what is keeping you from Jesus? Either as a lost person, what's keeping you from coming to Jesus? Or in this story we'll read this morning, even a saved person, someone who is righteous, what is keeping you from Jesus? If y'all will allow me, I'll tell the story this morning. And then as I preach, we'll go back and look at the Word of God as it goes. But John, Luke chapter 7 says that Jesus was in a city. And it came that a Pharisee invited him to come to his house and to dine with him. So Jesus was reclining at the table, dining with him. And there was a woman in the town. She was known as a sinful woman. Don't have any clue about her. Don't know anything. Don't know her name. Don't even know what her sinful attributes were. She is known all through that town that she is a sinful woman. And she heard the news. Jesus was in town. And she found out that he was dining at this night at the home of Simon, the Pharisee. So she runs home and she gets an alabaster jar full of perfume. And she goes to Simon, the Pharisee's house. And I can see her as she approaches the house and she stops at the entryway to the house. Here's a sinful woman at the house of a Pharisee. If ever there was a homeowner who was in a place they didn't belong, this woman was there. So I'm sure she pauses at the entryway. And as she stands there, people begin to take notice one by one. And they turn and begin to look at her. And a silence falls over the crowd or the, the dinner. Tears begin to stream down this woman's face. I'm sure that every ounce of her being, she wanted to turn and run away. But that man, that man at the table, his name is Jesus. She knew about him. She had heard about him. And as much as she wanted to run away, as much as every ounce of her being wanted her to run away, that man drew her to him. Because there was something about him that she needed, that she longed for. So slowly she begins to approach the table. She until she comes to Jesus and she stops at his feet and falls down at his feet crying. And as she cries, she opens her eyes and she sees the tears have fallen on his feet. And so she reaches up and loosens her hair and takes her hair and she begins to wipe his feet and to wash them. 
And then she begins to kiss his feet. She takes her alabaster jar and she breaks it open and pours the perfume upon his feet. And she stays there continually washing his feet with her hair, kissing them and rubbing that perfume over his feet. And Simon the Pharisee is at the head of the table. And he thinks to himself, surely if this man Jesus was a man of God, surely if he was a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman this was, that she is a sinful woman. And he would not allow her to touch him like this. Jesus was aware of what Simon was thinking. So he turns to Simon and he says to him, Simon, I have a question for you. Speak it, Simon says. Jesus says there were two men, both of them owing a debt. One of them owed $10,000, the other one owed $100,000. Neither one of them was able to repay their debt, and so the creditor comes to them and says, your debt is forgiven, it's canceled, it's done away with. And Jesus asked the question, Simon, tell me, which one of these two do you think will love the creditor more? And Simon says, I suppose the one who had been forgiven the larger debt. Jesus says to him, you have spoken well. You have spoken well. And then he says to Simon, do you see this woman? When I came into your house, you did not greet me with a kiss. Yet she has not stopped kissing my feet since she has been here. When I came into your house, you did not offer me water to wash my feet. Yet she has washed my feet with her own hair. When I came to your house, you did not anoint my head with oil. And yet she has anointed my feet with perfume. Simon, I tell you, because she has loved much, even though her sins are many, they have been forgiven unto her. For he who has been forgiven much loves much. And he who has been forgiven little loves little. And then he turns to the woman and says to her, Woman, your sins are forgiven you. And all the crowd pauses and ponders for a second. Who is this man who even forgives sins? Jesus says to the woman, I tell you, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, I asked a question again this morning. What's keeping you from Jesus? What, what is it that can keep you from coming to His presence and, and latching on to His love the way that this woman came to Jesus in this story this morning. If ever there was someone who had an excuse, now listen to me, if ever there was someone who had an excuse to keep them away from Jesus, it was this woman. What excuse will you give? Brother William, I'm a sinner. If you just knew what I had done, I've heard that time and time again as I've witnessed to people, as I've visited with people. William, you just don't know. I don't need to know. Jesus knows. This woman comes to him, verse 37, there's a woman in the town, and she was a sinner. Can I tell you, you don't get that name, that, that reputation as a sinful woman just because you made a few minor mistakes along the way. This woman had a gun, who knows what, so much that everybody in town knew her as one of those people. You know those people, don't you? She's one of those women. And yet she comes to Jesus, and her sins will not keep her from Jesus. She has a reputation. Sometimes folks say, I don't belong here. I, I don't belong in church. If you just knew who I was again, I don't belong here. 
I want to tell you for just a second, I'll come back to this in a second, but I'll tell you for just for right now, I don't belong here either. None of us belongs here. But I'll tell you, if ever there was someone who did not belong where they were, it's this woman. Here's a sinful woman. That's her reputation. And it says, and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's home, she comes and brings an alabaster jar of perfume. Do you know who the Pharisees are? These are the righteous people. These are the ones who worked hard day and night, striving to keep the law. They knew the law. They knew it forwards and backwards, up and down, left and right. They knew it inside and outside. They knew the law, and they strived every day to keep the law. These guys were righteous people. And she was at his house, a sinful woman, at the house of the righteous Pharisee. If ever someone had a place they did not belong to be, it was this woman. And yet she said, I will not let my reputation and the fact that I don't belong here keep me from Jesus. Says that she was weeping. Verse 38. Standing behind him at his feet. Weeping. Tears streaming down her face. Can I tell you these weren't tears of joy? It's tears of shame. She knew who she was. And she didn't need Simon the Pharisee to tell her she was a sinner. She knew better than Simon what she had done and what type of life she had lived. And she was ashamed of it. Several years ago at church up at Mississippi, we were having a baptism. And I had gone up in the baptistry to get some things ready and make sure things were laid out, that the road was where it needed to be, the waiters were where they needed to be, and all the stuff so that when it came time to do the baptism at the beginning of the service, everything would be where it was. And as I was doing so, I looked down, kind of like you would here if the screen wasn't here, and I saw a woman sitting right there by herself. Uh, hadn't seen her before, didn't know the woman, but I made sure when I came down from the baptistry to stop and speak to her for just a moment. Introduce myself. Hi, I'm William Carpenter. It's your name. Welcome to Man Tea. And spoke with her. And as we're speaking with her, she says, I'm uncomfortable being here this morning. Okay. Why? What's wrong? She's there. I'm afraid of what others here might be thinking about me being here this morning. And I pause for a second. I look at her and I say, who here knows you? Who, who, who in this facility, who in this room, who in this sanctuary that's going to be here this morning, who knows who you are? She says, nobody does. I'm there, so what are you afraid of? And I don't remember the rest of the conversation. I'm sure I talked with her about you were glad we're there and that Jesus accepts her and so forth. But that part of the conversation just struck me. And I went home wondering to myself, here's this woman never been into this church before. Nobody in this church knew her. She was part of the family of the person who's been baptized. And yet she was afraid of what others were thinking of her. And as I pondered upon that, it dawned on me. She wasn't afraid of what others were thinking of her that morning. She was afraid of what she was thinking of herself that morning. She was ashamed of something in her life something that she had done or something that she had not done or whatever it might be. And she was filled with shame that morning. 
And, and as I realized that, I realized I'd had several other conversations just like that. Someone who had been in church for the first time, never saw them before, nobody in the church knew them, uh, they didn't know about anybody in the church, and yet they said to me, I'm uncomfortable being here because I'm afraid of what others might think of me. Don't me again. These guys are not afraid of what we might be thinking of them. They're ashamed of what they are thinking of themselves. That's what this woman was when she came to Jesus this morning. Tears streaming down her face because she was ashamed of something in her life that she had done or not done. She was probably ashamed of who she was. And yet when she comes to Jesus, she says, my shame will not keep me from Jesus this morning. Finally, there is the question of what everybody else is thinking. Even though she was mostly ashamed, I believe, of what she was thinking of herself. Verse 39. Now when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And in the back of her mind, I'm sure, being in the Pharisee's house, full of all the Pharisee's friends, she probably was thinking to herself, I wonder what they're thinking of me this morning or this evening. I, I wonder what they're thinking of themselves when they see the sinful woman come to the house, into his house, and bring this perfume and lay it upon Jesus' feet. I wonder what they're thinking. Do you know what? At this moment, she said, it doesn't matter what Simon the Pharisee thinks of me. All that matters is what Jesus thinks of me. It doesn't matter my shame for what I've done. It matters that Jesus has accepted me. It does not matter that I don't belong here because I need Jesus more than I need anything else that I need to belong here this morning. This woman came to Jesus and she said, I am not going to let anything Keep me from Jesus today because I need what he has to offer. And so I want to ask a question today. What's keeping you from Jesus? I don't want to ask that question. I want to plead with you today. Don't let anything keep you from Jesus. If you're afraid of what others might think of you today, family, friends, strangers, but what it is that they'll think of you if you come and give your life to Jesus, if you become a follower of Jesus, I want to tell you, quit thinking and wondering about that. The only person whose thoughts of you matter is Jesus Christ. Don't let what others think of you keep you from Jesus today. If you're ashamed, all of us bear our shame. I want to tell you that I'm ashamed of who I am because I'm a sinner in the eyes of Jesus. Don't let your shame keep you from Jesus today. William, my reputation. I am known as the sinful person. I'm that guy at my school. I'm that guy at my work. I'm that guy among my friends. I tell you, don't let your reputation keep you from Jesus. He will accept you and he will receive you and you need his love more than anything else in the world. Don't let anything keep you from Jesus today. So the question is, what's keeping you from Jesus? But there's two people in this story. Actually, there's three people we're going to look at in this story. There's this sinful woman who said, I'm not going to let anything keep me from Jesus. Nothing. I need him more than I need anything else. But there's also the Pharisee, Simon. 
And he's thinking to himself, surely if Jesus knew who this woman was, she would, he would not allow him to touch him. Uh, he would not allow her to touch him because she is a very, very sinful woman. And Jesus, being the person Jesus is, knows what he's thinking. And there's this parable about debts. Can I tell you what the parable is about? It's about love. It's about love. Jesus, in his own way, is asking Simon, how much do you love me? Who's going to love him more? The one who was forgiven a little bit of debt or the one who's forgiven a lot of debt? Simon, do you see this woman? Verse, verse 48 or verse, verse 47, For this reason I say to her, to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. Why? Because she has loved much. Here's what Jesus is asking Simon. Simon, do you love me as much as this woman does? Simon, do you love me as much as this woman does? Simon, where are your tears for your sin? Do you love me as much as this woman does? Where are your tears for your sins? She has not stopped crying of her sinfulness since she has been here. Simon, do you love me? Where are your tears for your sins? Simon, do you love me enough to greet me and to treat me as a guest when I come into your home? I came into your home and you did not so much as kiss me on the cheek. And yet she has not stopped kissing my feet since she's been here. Simon, do you love me as much as this woman does? Simon, what offering do you give to me? I come into your home and you have no gift for me. This woman has brought a gift, an alabaster jar full of perfume. Do you love me? as much as she does? What service have you rendered for me? What, what service have you, how have you served me this week or tonight or, or today? She has not stopped washing my feet with her very hair. And yet you have done nothing to act as a servant for me. Simon, do you love me as much as this woman does? Simon, do you recognize me as a king, as your priest, as your savior? You do not so much as anoint my head with oil when I walked into your house today. And yet she anointed my feet with perfume. Simon, do you love me as much as this woman does? And we can sit here in judgment of Simon this morning, the Pharisee. But that same question needs to be asked of us today. William, do you love me as much as this woman does? When's the last time you shed tears over your sinfulness? It's easy to sit here at this woman and think about how great of a sinner she is, but her sins are no greater than mine. When's the last time you shed tears over your sinfulness? When we gather together this morning to worship, have we taken the time to greet God? I'm thankful so much for those who led us in worship today because God is in this place. And to sing these songs of praise and to lift up his name and to exalt him as a king of kings. But there's a danger that we might be like Simon. That we come in and we fail to start to greet God when we enter into this place on Sunday after Sunday. And we just go about our business, come in, have dinner. The dinner of the, the word of God being preached. And sing a few songs. Then we go out and we never pause to, to greet God, to kiss him on the cheek and to sing praises to his name. To anoint his head with oil this morning. Do you love him? What gift do you bring? After you've worked all this week and you come in and 
You come to worship God. What offering do we bring to give to God today? What acts of service to wash His feet or to wash the feet of others along the way? Because Jesus said to His disciples, Inasmuch as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it also unto me. How have you served God this week? Have you paused to wash His feet or serve someone today? Jesus is asking the question, do you love me as much as this woman does this morning? And so the person needs to be asked a question today, what's keeping you from Jesus? Some of you are here today and you're like this woman. It's shame. It's fear. It's what you think others might be thinking of you. And I say, put all that aside. Some of you, you're Simon the Pharisee. The question needs to be asked to you, do you love me as much as as this woman does. What's keeping you from Jesus? Finally, there's a third person at the table. We have the sinful woman standing as, kneeling at his feet, washing them with her tears and anointing them with oil. We have the Simon, the Pharisee, who sits at the table in judgment upon the others and has failed to love Jesus as he ought to. But there's a third person here this morning. Jesus is at the table. And every single one of us, if we're going to come to Jesus, what's keeping you from Jesus might be that you don't know who Jesus is. Look at what is said in verse 48. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclined at the table with them began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? Say that question again. Who is this man? who even forgives sins. It's a question every single one of us needs to ask this morning. Even if you already know the answer, you need to ask it again and again and again and again. Who is this man who forgives sins? His name is Jesus. He is King of kings and He is Lord of lords. He is God of gods, highest among all, uh, uh, the creator of heaven and earth. And none of us deserve to be in His presence. You know what? Simon was right. This woman had no business touching Jesus because she was a sinner and He was fully God. And yet Jesus allowed her to touch Him anyway. Do you know what? Simon had no business having Jesus sit at his table because he was God of gods, King of kings, and he had no business sitting at the table of a man like Simon the Pharisee. doesn't matter how righteous Simon was. doesn't matter who he was or what his reputation was. I, I like to give this illustration sometimes. I stand six foot three, kind of tall, taller than the average person. My best friend in school was Andy. Andy stood about five foot four. Brother's girlfriend, Jill, was about five foot nothing. She is a little bit more than five foot nothing, five foot one and three quarters. I always found it interesting that whenever someone introduced, asked me how tall I am, I'm around six three, six three, six four, I don't know. Once you get up there, it doesn't matter. And then here's my brother's girlfriend who is six foot two and three quarters, not just measuring to the inch or the half inch, she's measuring to the quarter inches because she needs to get every little bit that she has along the way. Can, can I tell you this morning? Standing six foot three, I'm no closer to touching the moon than she is standing at five foot two and three quarters. Can, can I tell you this morning that LeBron James 
standing on Mount Everest, on his tiptoes, stretching as high as he can, is no closer to touching the stars than just went off my name, Gabby Douglas, the little, is that right, the little uh, uh, gymnastics girl. He's no closer to touching the stars standing on Mount Everest than she is standing at the bottom of Death Valley because they're unattainable. That's the same difference between the Pharisee coming into God's presence in this passage versus this sinful woman. Doesn't matter how good he was. Doesn't matter how righteous. Doesn't matter that he was of the tribe of Jacob, a descendant of Jacob, a Pharisee, knew the law forwards and backwards. He was no closer to honor, to being able to stand in God's presence on his own merit than this woman was. Yet here's a story. God came to his home in this passage. God came in this home because he wanted the Pharisee to receive him as Savior and Lord. And not only did he want the Pharisee to receive him as Savior and Lord, he wanted this simple woman to come and bow at his feet and accept him as Savior and Lord as well. What's keeping you from Jesus today? If you knew who Jesus was, God of gods, King of kings, the Savior of the world, died upon a cross for your sins and for mine, God raised him to the dead three days later, defeating death, defeating sin, defeating all powers that be. And he came and did it so that you and I could come into his presence and grasp his feet the way that this woman did this morning and say, I love you with every ounce of my being. And when you say that, Jesus will say to us the same he said to this woman, because you have loved me much, even though your sins are many, they have been forgiven you. Go, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What's keeping you from Jesus this morning? I pray, I pray. If you're lost today, don't let anything keep you from Jesus. Come, talk to Derek, talk to Brother David, talk to me, talk to someone in this church and say, I need to know this Jesus. If you're saved, and you found you have wandered away or walked away and that your, your closeness with Him is not as it ought to be, do not let anything keep you from Jesus. Remind yourself of that love that you had for Him when He saved you from your sins. And go back to Him and clasp onto His feet the way that this woman did in this passage. Do you love me, Jesus says. Do you love me? Please, please come to me. You bow your heads today and pray. <clears throat> we thank you so much for your love for us. God, we thank you that you loved us enough to come down and walk on this earth to, as one of us because, Lord, there's no way we could obtain to you. God, I thank you, Lord, that you come and that you sit and you dine with us. Lord, that you allow us to grasp onto your feet and to, to, to wash your feet with our tears even. God, to serve you even though we don't deserve to. God, I pray for those who are here this morning, Father. Lord, there be one who is lost. Lord, you'd beckon them to come to you, even as you beckoned this woman. Lord, call them with your love, the way that you called this woman with your love, that they too might be forgiven. God, for those of us who have been forgiven long ago, God, have forgotten. Have forgotten what it's like to be a sinner in need of a Savior like this woman. God, teach us to love again. God, to weep over our sins to go out and serve you through the week, to come back Sunday after Sunday to greet you and offer you an offering. Lord, an offering that's not worthy of you. 
God, to offer you an offer that we can give just the same. God, thank you so much for your love for us. We pray these things in thy name. Amen.